excited to bring you an episode today looking at underperforming running backs and wide receivers, combining that into a single episode. For those of you that listened last week, we had them divvied up into two separate episodes. No game scores episode this week just didn't work out schedule-wise, but I will be back with Adam Rausch next week to do our DFS GPP game scores podcast. Before getting into it, want you to know that this is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. If you use promo code ETR over at Underdog Fantasy, you'll get an instant $100 deposit match on your first deposit. And that's a great site to be checking out. Rest of season, best ball. If you got some hot season long takes for rest of season, you can play in the resurrection contest. Justin Herzig does rest of the season rankings for us for that. We also have the weekly DFS rankings for their snake drafts for the battle royale up on established to run. And that's another great way to play weekly fantasy. So make sure you use promo code ETR over underdog fantasy, your initial deposit, you will get a bonus up to $100. So that's exciting. Good stuff. Before looking at the week six guys that I have underperforming in my model, uh, let's take a look at the previous week's results Uh, for running back. There were some really big hits Leonard Fournette. Uh, Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook, of course, topped the list. And some of that was just run good at the right time. But we talked about how how Fournette's going to benefit from Tampa Bay actually throwing more. You know, high value touches are more important than low value rushes between the 20s. We don't want to see 20 carries from Leonard Fournette. We want to see six catches. We want to see the team score points and get him goal line work. And um, he ran a little pure to score 36 points in a game where they only scored 21 real life points. But um, good sign for Leonard Fournette. Kamara goes off, almost has the double bonus on DraftKings with 100 rush, 100 receiving yards. Was really close to that. And then Dalvin Cook honestly just ran a little bit pure in terms of the matchup and efficiency. But I think um, you know that was kind of to be expected. Part of the reason why he was on this list. And Kareem Hunt finally finds the end zone. So not a huge outing for him. But we did identify last week how the consistent goal line usage for him should lead to him finding the box a bit more as far as the disappointing players, you know, Joe Mixon continues to get the touches we want to see. He's on the list again for week six. So, you know, keep, keep seeking out Joe Mixon. You know, he's had the most valuable workload in the NFL at the running back position. I know the results haven't followed, but they will eventually James Connor gets hurt. Um, so he comes off the list. Antonio Gibson is getting buried by Brian Robinson. That's why it's important to have context and not just blindly follow this stuff. AJ Dillon was definitely the most disappointing guy on this list because it looked like a really good matchup against the Giants and he saw his workload get reduced drastically. And that'll segue us into the list for um, week six. And you see AJ Dillon falls off at Aaron Jones. His teammate enters the list and what we've seen with Aaron Jones um, from a positive standpoint is the carries got, he set a season high in both snap share and carry share last week. And with his explosiveness, if he's going to be the one a ahead of AJ Dillon, instead of being a bit more split in the ground game, that's a really good sign for Aaron Jones. I'm still a little skeptical though of him. He's certainly going to outperform his last three game average of 10.7 fantasy points per game. And that's what our model's identifying. But as far as preseason expectations, the target share for Jones has not gotten to 13% yet or higher in any of the five outings. And really the case for Aaron Jones this year in fantasy for where he went was he was going to see 75 plus targets. We were going to see a 15% target share 
over the course of a season, maybe even a little bit higher with Devontae Adams gone. Packers haven't, and I haven't been able to do that, and they consistently haven't been able to do that. So uh, I think Aaron Jones will be okay, but it's going to be tough for him to get there. And I just, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw some of that workload from last week sway back to A.J. Dillon, just depending on the game. So a little bit concerned with, um, with with Aaron Jones there, despite him appearing on this list. And again, he'll outperform his 10.7, but as far as preseason expectations, I don't think he will meet them. This stud we get on this list, though, is Jonathan Taylor. And uh, if we look at JT by week, I'll bring him up. Um, what we see with Jonathan Taylor, who I think will be back from injury this week, We'll have to keep monitoring that. And maybe this might not be the week it happens for him because he's not fully healthy. We want to see guys getting full practices. But he's had seven, five, three, and one targets in his four games for someone where the concern for him was targets. For him to be averaging, you know, four targets a game, that that's a really good sign for Jonathan Taylor. He's still gonna absolutely dominate the work for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, I think he could have a massive end of year. The concern for Jonathan Taylor, of course, is the systemic risk of this offense for the Colts. And if you look at Brandon Thorne's O-line, D-line rankings um, for this week, you can see he's got the Colts at 24th, the Jaguars D-line at 7. That's uh, one of the matchups he highlighted, a minus 17 differential. That That's obviously a problem. Um, that's a little bit of concern. But overall, I think, you know, there, there's some positive signs with Jonathan Taylor of his usage in the past game. So really excited for him. I don't think that's anything, you know, it's Jonathan Taylor. It's, it's nothing that, that people don't see, but um, it's still exciting. Uh, mentioned Mixon, he's on this list, but as far as the other studs on this list, Alvin Kamara stays on it despite the really high performance last week. And that's because his usage went up, uh, even though his fantasy point production went up as well. And uh, with Kamara, what we haven't seen yet from him is goal line work, but we're seeing, we saw seven and six targets in his last two games. We saw him get up to 23 carries last game. And it's really exciting to see him be a workhorse running back. You know, there just aren't a ton of full workhorse running backs. So the reason he's on this list is more evidence that that's going to happen. And also, despite the fact that he hasn't had any goal line carries and we're determining goal line carries as 10 yard line and closer, I think he's going to get some eventually. Like he's not going to go all year with zero goal line carries, despite the Taysom Hill success and that they've used Mark Ingram in there in spot. So I think we'll see some regression in terms of goal line usage for Alvin Kamara. But he's also someone that can score from outside the goal line, and he hasn't found the box yet. So um, as big as the game was for Kamara last week, could have been a lot bigger if he finds the end zone. Guy that I'm most excited about is Travis Etienne for the Jacksonville Jaguars. His snap share has come up the last couple of weeks. 51% and 53% snap share after playing 43% and 37% snaps in weeks two and three. Uh, The the James Robinson story is great. He's played really well, but, you know, it's Travis Etienne time. We don't know how that Achilles is going to hold up for Robinson over the course of a season. Etienne 
with the first round draft capital for the Jaguars. Really explosive player. He's currently averaging 4.9 yards per carry. He's also averaging 11.3 yards per reception. So we've seen some of the explosiveness for Travis Etienne, um, but he hasn't found the end zone yet. That's going to change with his big playability um, and just getting some opportunities somewhat similar to Alvin Kamara. And um, I do like guys that are on this list who should perform better with their current volume. And I think the volume is going to get better. So that's that's a really good mix. I think Etienne is someone to go out and, and seek now. Uh, as far as someone on this list, I'm skeptical of, because again, we don't want to blindly follow stuff. Najee Harris is concerning to me. And again, uh, this list is based on their last three fantasy points per game, but obviously the perception of these guys can be somewhat different. So similar to Aaron Jones, like Najee is probably going to outperform the 9.8 fantasy points per game in his last three, but not to the extent that you would expect from his preseason draft capital concern with Najee Harris as uh, you know, Adam Levitan, who adds context to this, the role is changing a bit. You know, we think we're going to see Jalen Warren more on third downs and as a change of pace back, the offense still stinks for Pittsburgh. Najee doesn't seem completely healthy. That's a guy that I'm okay ignoring the fact that he is on here. Okay, let's go over to the wide receiver position. And again, we'll start with a quick recap of the guys around the list in week five. Uh, I always pay attention when studs are on this list. And the studs last week did pretty well. Uh, Jamar Chase did not do well. You know, he comes in with 12 points, does not exceed his 12.5 last three fantasy points per game and doesn't hit, you know, the model's projection of 16.4 or our weekly DFS projection of 18.2, but not an awful performance from Jamar. Meanwhile, Justin Jefferson smashes, Devontae Adams smashed, actually both hit 27.4 for Adams, who finally comes off the list. He actually ran a bit pure on touchdowns, um, didn't have the same type of volume that we've seen, but we kind of expected him you know, he, he can just get it done in so many ways. He can have a 12 target game. He, he can be successful down the field. He can have a big red zone game. He's just so talented in the offense and the quarterback are good enough um, that, that it's really good to see. So, you know, the, the lesson there, I think, is when studs are there, we want to pay attention. Hayden Hurst did really well for Cincinnati. Of course, he benefited from T. Higgins basically not playing in this game and being banked up. So the model didn't know that. So there's obviously going to be some run good sometimes in those situations. Chris Godwin was okay. Um, You know, obviously, again, another guy that underperformed relative to our expectation for the week, but overperformed relative to his last three fantasy point per game average. Good news is Tampa Bay is chucking the ball. Uh, So I expect his volume to only increase going forward. They actually cut his snaps back in the second half of this game as they're up 21-0 against the Falcons. Some of the guys that missed, Darren Waller leaves the game due to injury right in the very beginning. So that's a goose egg. Some run bad there. Uh, But someone like Elijah Moore, we discussed Elijah Moore and how the Jets' passing game volume was going to reduce. And his presence on this model was based on the expectation of his volume continuing, and that wouldn't continue. So we want to be weary of guys like that. Um, there were some guys like Brandon Cooks has dropped off a model, didn't succeed, but there's a bunch of guys that were meh. Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy in particular, those four guys actually on the model again this week. And 
I know we talked about in our rest of season top 150 show that it's difficult to know what to do with players that just keep, they keep having these boring outcomes, but, but the usage is there. And in general, I think these guys are all holds with Juju. I mean, I have a bias on Juju. I I really, he's one of my most sought after players where he was going at his ADP in the preseason. What we've seen with Juju uh, from a volume expectation though, is he set a season high in snaps last game for Kansas city, despite being questionable up to 86% season high. He's leading the wide receivers and target share. It's not a huge number at 18.4% on the season, but with the exception of that game where JC Jackson just absolutely shut him down in week two, he's been pretty consistently around 20%. That's actually resulted in eight targets for him. Um, Eight targets in, in four of five games. And if you're getting eight targets from Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think, I think things are going to turn around for you. So we take a look at Juju's weekly like expectation. Week five uh, was actually his highest expectation. Five of those eight targets came in the red zone. He got tackled inside the five yard line twice. So I, I think I'm, I'm excited for him. We've seen some games with decent air yard usage weeks one and weeks three. So it's going to be a mixed bag for Juju, but I expect him to perform better based on what he's done. As far as the other guys, like Jerry Judy, I mean, Russell Wilson can't keep playing this bad, right? Like Jerry Judy just missed on a few. I think what you're going to see on these guys is they're going to be okay. Like they're going to get you double digit points per game and be okay. But there's this sliver of upside beyond what we've seen so far. So I'm okay continuing to chase um, Juju, DJM, Deontay Johnson, and Jerry Judy. Still interested in what happens with Deontay Johnson with Kenny Pickett. It could be a good thing in terms of the offense could become more efficient. I know they just got shellacked by Buffalo and they have a tough game against Tampa Bay. Schedule is pretty brutal for them. Another reason to be low on uh, Najee Harris. Um, but we could, we could see more efficiency ultimately over the medium term with Pickett. The downside could be we could see Pickett and George Pickens really find a connection. And then if Deontay Johnson isn't going to be an alpha in terms of target share, that's an issue because that's that's what his entire fantasy value is predicated on. Okay, let's look at a couple other guys on the wide receiver list. There are some guys that I'm probably not into this week or not into as much long-term. In fact, the top two guys on this list concern me a little bit, Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddell. Again, why it's important to add context. Wilson is in that range of like like Elijah Moore, his teammate was on, where the team pass volume for the Jets has been an issue. Their pace and their pass rate over expectation have dropped off by a meaningful amount uh, each of the last two weeks with Zach Wilson at the helm compared to the first three weeks with Joe Flacco, where they were attempting like 50 pass attempts per game. And the model, of course, is looking at recent performance at a much higher rate than, you know, weeks one through three, but weeks one through three are still in there. So there are times when that's good. There are times when it's bad with Garrett Wilson. That's a time when it's bad. And same thing with Jalen Waddle. like uh, the model does not know that Skylar Thompson is starting a quarterback would expect a less pass heavy game plan for Miami this week. So those aren't guys that I'm like really seeking after in DFS. They're both really talented young players. So 
I'm not like moving them in season long. I could see if people were still really hyped on Garrett Wilson, moving him because of the beginning of a season. But for the most part, those guys are holds for me, but not as excited for them as you would think at being uh, at the top of the model. As I said, when recapping last week, when the studs are on the list, I'm always paying really close attention. So uh, if we sort this by just overall projection from the model, Stefan Diggs and Jamar Chase up top. Uh, Diggs is in a spot where Buffalo's pass rate of expectation, I was worried would come down this year. It's actually come up. It's been incredible to see. And he has less competition for targets than he's had than he had last season. So the team continues to throw. He's getting some positive efficiency regression from last year when his catch rate kind of just randomly fell off a ton from the year prior to that. And he has a higher target share. So it's three for three for Diggs. He ends up on this list because his expectation is so high that even at 16 points per game over the last three uh, we would expect him to reform better and match up against KC again. They're going to chuck the ball. So I'm in on digs and chase. We talked about a lot last week, but you know, the Jamar chase explosion is coming. It's just a matter of time. Okay. Excuse me. I'm still battling a little bit of cold. So I have to mute to cough uh, here and there. Apologize for that. Some other notes uh, Rondell Moore has had some good usage He's played around 90% of the snaps for Arizona each of the, the first two weeks that he's been back from injury despite not getting full practices. Really positive sign. Uh, the ADOT, which you know could not be any lower than last year's mark of like one something was one point something. It's up to five point, I think five point something. It's still really low, but they're using him as a normal receiver more instead of a pure gadget player. So I, I do have some concerns with will the volume be there when DeAndre Hopkins comes, but this matchup against Seattle might be a time to pull the trigger on Rondell Moore. I think he's a really fun DFS play for the week. So so keep an eye on Rondell Moore, certainly. Um, and then he, he's one of the guys I'm excited for. I'm also really excited for George Kittle. I think now is that I've made him on the rest of the season top 150 show that Myself, Mark Dankenbring, and Adam Levitan do for Establish a Run Free Show on our YouTube channel each Wednesday afternoon. End of the show, we kind of have like our our version of the season-long flag plant. I got to go out or move to make in season-long. And my move was to get George Kittle, where the weekly floor, it's not going to be there. It's not there for any of the tight ends. And I think when someone hits a floor like that over and over, you're like, what? why have him when I can just play? Hayden Hurst. I can just play pick up Kadon. I can just stream the position. And the reason is the three to four ceiling games he has a year are going to make a meaningful difference for your team, especially if you get lucky enough to hit those during the playoffs. The pass rate over expectation for the Niners has been neutral the last three weeks with Jimmy G at the helm. Jimmy G has a history of efficiency. George Kittle's yards per target is way down. I guess that'd be the one concern is like, is George Kittle in decline based on his age and maybe injury history? If he's not, though, as a player that's at 10 yards per target year in and year out, and now he's at seven, that, that's a pretty volatile number within a single year, let alone over a few games. So by George Kittle, they play Atlanta this week, and we get both guys on Atlanta on this list, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. And 
it's tough because I don't know the, if the quarterback play is going to be that much better, which you would want for them to improve based on their opportunities. But I think what we could see happen for them is maybe the efficiency. I think the efficiency for Pitts has to come up based on his air yards, even missing last week. He's second in the NFL among all tight ends and air yards. So he's going to have some big downfield plays similar to George Kittle. Again, the floor might not be great, but he's going to have enough ceiling performances. And I think the consistency for him actually could be a little bit higher than Kittle that he can get it done. So we could see some positive efficiency slide his way. <clears throat> but what we're also going to see is him and London are going to command, you know, similar to Waddle and Tyree Kale in Miami, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts are going to have a really high yards per route yards per I'm sorry, really high targets per route run for Atlanta. What we need to see these guys should be running more routes. There's just no logical reason they aren't running like almost all the routes. They haven't been so far. So there's a potential for volume increase there. There's a potential for volume increase because the team pass volume, as dusty as Arthur Smith is, as much as he's going to run the ball, just the way games have worked out, they've only thrown like 25 times a game or less than that. That's got to come up, you know, even if we're at 30, which is still a really low number for pass attempts, we're at 28 to 30. That's another one to two targets a game for these guys. So we can find some more volume and maybe we run a little bit more pure on efficiency. So do not give up on the talent of Drake London and Kyle Pitts quite yet. Okay. That's going to do it for me this week. Again, I'll be back next week and we'll have the return of the GBB Game Scores podcast with Adam Rausch. I will again, I'll probably do a combo running back wide receiver podcast again rather than splitting those up. Really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen. Best luck in all your fantasy audiences this week.